still on the road now, uh, back in Pasadena, joined with Miss Gudrun Farkas, and she's got a lot to talk about. We're talking about uh, skin hand, we're talking about Germany, Yugoslavia, optimism, uh, sports. Stick with us, it's going to be another good one. Everything is fueled from me wanting to be a better person on Earth. It's time to do your part. As you know, on the road, still in Pasadena by the Rose Bowl, joined with Miss Gudrun Farkas. She's actually a friend of mine. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've known you for quite some time. She's yeah. like a second mother to me. And uh, so here we are in her beautiful home, and she's going to take some time to tell us a bit about her story. So thank you for having me here. Welcome. Fine. Yes, this is beautiful. We can talk about the house later. It's absolutely amazing. But um, again, thank you for letting me into your home and uh, allowing me to have this conversation yes, with you. Yes, I'm happy. So, um, always, I ask people, when I asked you to do this, you were really excited. So yes. tell me a bit about why you wanted to have this conversation with me. Well, to me, it's kind of natural right now because based on my upbringing and my time I lived so far, is um, this new time here is eerily terrible for me, reminding me of a past and what could happen in mm -hmm. this country. Yeah, they say that uh, history repeats it. It can repeat itself if you don't learn. Yes. So thank you for, for, for that. And thank you again for sharing your story because it's a very unique one. Tell us a bit about your upbringing. You're, you're German. Yes, I'm German. Mm -hmm. I uh, was born in 1943 to last, during the last two years of World War II. Wow. And um, obviously, I don't remember that much about that. But um, so I grew up in Germany. I grew up post-war, which was um, terrible for the parents and terrible for a lot of people. Mm. But for children, we were all the same. We all had no food, but we had freedom. We had nature. We had um, whatever we had. We played with imaginary toy, toys. Mm. So it was actually a very good upbringing. Good. Because if you don't see a difference in uh, other people, how, how my girlfriends lived and stuff. Mm. so. It doesn't, we don't know different. Mm -hmm. So I, had, I don't have any complaints about my upbringing. Thank God. Until yeah. what age? Well, um, the post-war was actually hard, even up to 1956, about uh -huh. as far as food and uh, uh, not having necessities. things. Necessities. Yeah. So I remember like for my birthday present one time, I was asked what I wanted. And I think I was about five years old. I wanted a piece of cheese for myself that I didn't have to share with my two sisters so I could eat it all alone. And so I did get the cheese, but I did share after all. Not a toy. Not a toy. Not a new no. dress. You wanted some no. food. No. Yeah, exactly. And that's, it's, it's all in that request right there. Yeah, but it was, it, like I said, it wasn't painful. It uh -huh. was just something for myself. but. I couldn't, I still shared it with my sisters. So that's really interesting that even though, I don't want to use the word famine, but you kind of, you know, you had no food, but you still were happy people. Oh, yeah, happy. I mean, the children, for sure, the adults not, uh -huh. but my mom not worrying about everything. Yeah. But for me, it was fine. And this was everybody. This wasn't it, just you. It was everybody. And I think that's what made it easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me a bit about your teenage years and when did this all lift? When did things get better? Okay, when I was about 14, um, um, I started to read more about history and politics, and I was really always fascinated with politics. Mm -hmm. So I was aware of the Holocaust, which uh, I think I was 12 or 14, which was probably the most forming moment for me. So you learned about the Holocaust around 
12, 13, 14. Yes. So then what was the war? What did you what did you think the war was for? Or about? Oh, it was about Russia and, you know, our allies. And uh, I didn't analyze it at that gotcha. time. I gotcha. really didn't. I know my father was in prison. I didn't see my father until 1950. Wow. So, um, yeah, it was just. And again, this wasn't just you. This was everybody. No, it was everybody. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Okay, so go on. So um, you started to educate yourself. Yes. And at that time, um, my father was home. Mm -hmm. And I asked him about uh, how this happens. Why did the German people let this happen? There's other Jew Jewish people. The Holocaust uh, at that time was uh, two-thirds of the Jewish population in Europe was... Um, um, didn't survive. They were all exterminated, yeah. really, in the in the Holocaust. So, I just, it just couldn't believe it. I still, it's still hard for me to come. I don't even ever will come to terms with it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because to wrap your mind around what happened is it affects everybody. It's scary, but not only not only did you kind of live it. But this is where you, it, you kind of it fractured you a little bit, and you went off into a different direction. What you learned about yes, this? Yes, I was obviously uh, uh, growing up. I was pretty um, radical in a way, mm -hmm. um, blaming my my parents and basically the adults how how this happened. And I didn't. I really lost respect for a moment, for a long time, actually. And. Um, all I wanted to move away from home, and I did actually early when I was 18 years old, but that didn't resolve the, the issue. So it was just a temporary fix. Um, even my, you know, my father basically did not want to talk about the war period. So I didn't learn anything from him. And Why did he not want to talk about it? It was just too painful. Too painful. And yeah. I think those seven years or how many in Siberia, it really, he came back as a sick man. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, talk yeah. about PTSD. I mean, yeah. he was yes. broken. Yeah. And he said, you know, I said, how can this happen? And he said, well, there are always differences. And he even mentioned one time his life was saved by a Jewish uh, doctor in, in while he was in prison. So, um, it's still, you know, so it was always a big question mark in my mind for everything. Mm -hmm. Did you, for, have you forgiven him? Um, I came not forgiven. I think I came to term with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm more aware of um, how easy it can come to a situation like this if we don't watch out. Which is, we're going to talk about it in a little yeah, while. Yeah, I mean, see about the Armenian genocide see about uh, the Kurds see about I mean you look all over the world it's just people never stop fighting where do you think that comes from I, I think mean that's a very it's, hard it, I, question it's hard but I thought about it I think it comes from I'm on insecurity is too nice a word almost it becomes from a prejudice mm -hmm. not knowing just generalizing people not knowing anything about the people it's yeah. like a Ignorance, I think. <laughs> Willful ignorance. The generalizing is something I've never seen happen so often. I mean, you know, you, one person makes a statement and they're referring to everybody. Yes, exactly. The labeling and the, um, uh, I think the um, labeling and the um, stereotyping. Yeah, yeah. 
and that's a scary part. And then if stereotyping comes, uh, develops into bigotry, mm-hmm. that is really harmful and despiteful and, and despicable. That. Yeah. And that's what we see. Yeah. yeah. Let me take you back a moment because we were talking about when you learned about this, you kind of took, took a turn and you became more radical. Is, was this a reaction that you saw from all of your peers? Were you different? Did you see some of your peers um, not taking this attitude, not adapting this attitude? Because um, I, if you, you know, if, I know when I was about 15, 16, 17, 18, even my peers, we didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. I did talk about it, but they just felt uncomfortable. When I see now the younger generation, like my nieces and everybody that's obviously they're aware of everything, they talk about it. Mm-hmm. They went to, they went to come to their concentration camps and uh, just, just the opposite now. And learning the history. Learning. So when you said that you kind of took a radical turn, what did that look like? What were some of the actions? Was it just you just made up your mind or were you out in the streets? Mm-hmm. Were you? No, the streets we didn't have at that time, right. protests really, but I, Honestly, I wanted to know different cultures Mm -hmm. and what I did is I traveled really early Mm. and that was supported by my mother. She always said um, money doesn't mean anything. If you read a lot for books and travel, no one can take it away from you and it opens your mind. Mm -hmm. So for me, traveling in Europe and learning different cultures was pretty easy because the distances were close. It's not like from America, you have to go to different continent so I traveled to France and and you know Yugoslavia at that time and and I really enjoyed learning different cultures Mm -hmm. sit together talk even if it's with your hands and whatever (laughs) sharing a meal I think that's a good way to get to know people Mm -hmm. because everybody likes to eat and Mm -hmm. then you talk and you loosen up you drink a glass of wine and uh, you will wind up laughing together and telling stories and I think that's what I wish people could do. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's the best way to learn that different cultures are not different people. It's just a different culture. And challenge yourself to find the similarities between you and that different culture. Um, yeah, we always talk about travel and the importance of travel. And I, I love circling back to it because that's where the knowledge really begins. You know. Yeah, the, <clears throat> the easy way is obviously the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The second one is the most, in my experience, in my love and everything is music that mm-hmm. that really unites people. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I love this. We've actually traveled together. We were in Europe um, for quite some time together, but that's what I love most about travel, food, music, uh, and immersing myself in the culture. As far as uh, travel, uh, excuse me, language barriers, as you mentioned, that's an excuse. <laughs> I once spent like 24 thir- almost two full days with somebody who didn't speak a word of english and we had a blast yeah i know it, it's possible and it's we had a blast and you do learn the culture yeah you do when you don't speak way. you do learn you see the habits uh you know i mean rituals or culture whatever you want to name it but mm-hmm. certain days uh like in italy there are the doors are uh, the windows are down between at least when i grew up between uh, 12 and 3, they take their siesta. Uh-huh. Germany was the opposite, you know. Mm-hmm. Parents came home and they took a nap too, but uh-huh. we didn't close the window. So, and then the, the, the southern countries, they stay up much longer. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, they eat at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we eat normally at seven o'clock. Mm -hmm. So little things. Little things. But, little things. But closing again, and everything. But, but the little things. But the one thing that's in common is you all are eating. Yes. Right. <laughs> eating, the, laughing, and right, talking. Right. You know, dancing. So yeah. France to Yugoslavia. So you started to travel at a very young age. Yes. Okay. And so tell me more about that. Tell me about your early twenties and where you went from there. My early twenties. Um, I already moved out from at home. Mm -hmm. And then I actually moved a lot uh, working. Mm -hmm. uh, all around Europe? All, uh, at the beginning, just Germany. Okay. And then um, in my um, in my 20s, uh, I met my future husband, mm -hmm. father of my children. <clears throat> and um, he was a musician working in uh, Germany in mm -hmm. an orchestra. Mm. And uh, coincidentally, uh, we met. I was in telephone booth and it was raining and he didn't want me to stay in the rain, so he opened the telephone booth and let me go in and talked. Okay, that's like a movie. <laughs> yeah, it is like a soap opera movie. Wow. Okay, so, I never knew this. Go so, on. so I did. Mm -hmm. He didn't know that. So I did, and he was still waiting outside, and he said, you know, oh, may I ask her what, uh, what brought you here? And I said, well, I'm trying to get tickets to the concert. It was in front of the Nuremberg Symphonic Orchestra where the telephone booth was. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get tickets and they were sold out and I was kind of upset. So he said, oh, um, I can get you a ticket if you want to, uh, uh, if you see me afterwards. And so it turned out that he was a musician at this orchestra and so that's how we met. <laughs> that's a beautiful story. I know, mm -hmm. that's how we met. Mm -hmm. It was a wonderful time and uh, like a totally different culture mm -hmm. he's American. And um, oh, he was American. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. He I mean, I know who I know, who, know this who this is, yeah. but they don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's right. a, yeah, so you he met an American man. American, uh, also traveling there, and mm -hmm. he he went first to Canada mm -hmm. to learn culture. Same thing, music. Mm -hmm. Then he traveled, auditioned in Germany. He got the orchestra job, and then from there he went to England, and we separate. I mean, we we said we stay in touch. Mm -hmm. We're friends, writing. Then he came back again, and then he went back to the United States to get his doctor's degree, and then he... Uh, and you're st when he came to the U back, back to the U.S., you still stayed in Germany? Yeah, and then he asked me if he, uh, if he could get married, <laughs> if, if I want to get married. And mm -hmm. I said, yeah, but I want to first come to America to see America before I... Mm -hmm. Because we, he was thinking getting married in Germany. Mm -hmm. But um, so I came to the United States first and then we got married. How old were you when you came to the United States and where did you touch down? Here in Southern California? Yeah, I, I came in uh, Christmas 69 mm -hmm. and then we touched down in Pasadena. Wow, which is where we are. Of course. Okay. <laughs> that was my- Very loyal my, to your roots. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So anyway, we stayed here and then uh, I, had, I brought my daughter, Sabina. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, so we also moved to Beaumont, Texas. Mm -hmm. So I got the culture in Texas, which was totally different in California, mm -hmm. but interesting, very, um, to me at least, and to us, very um, friendly and helping us to get settled. Good. And the uni university was also very helpful. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have any bad experiences. Mm -hmm. Speaking of bad experiences, when you and I, we've talked a few times about this conversation prior, and I was expecting a lot of sadness and darkness wrapped around your childhood and it definitely doesn't it sounds like you actually it, it, it wasn't that no i didn't yeah. i really was maybe people say i'm a strong person but maybe i just because i left home i, I just wanted to start my own life mm -hmm. early it's all about perspective but at a young age you had it seems like yeah i just 
And I was fascinated with, yeah. uh, I mean, I always have been fascinated with different cultures since mm -hmm. that kind of bad time or the, the third Reich time, what I heard mm -hmm. in afterwards. I just cannot tolerate, I couldn't understand yeah. or relate. Let me ask you this, because you are German, um, and let's talk a bit about racism, uh, United States compared to um, Europe, Okay. Right? Yeah. Because there is racism in Europe. Oh, of course, of course. Um, but it's nothing like what we experience here. No, and it wasn't obviously racism at that time. Uh, Post-war, you didn't have any other people than German people, and unfortunately you didn't have Jewish people, who were all Germans, by the way, who served, some of them served in World War One. Mm. so it wasn't like there were not Germans. And um, um, so I didn't have that. You did have prejudice. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time was prejudice, what I experienced was if you're Catholic or Protestant, mm -hmm. <laughs> you were German, that was prejudice. Mm -hmm. Because I lived in an area where most everybody was Catholic and if you're Protestant, we were only five kids in my class and then we didn't have religion, we had to sit in the back. So that was a little bit experience, but it didn't form me or really influence me. Now I'm above that and now it doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. What about racism in Europe now? Um, I think definitely, I think from what I heard and I going back once, you know, often as you know, and have my family there. Yes, there is, uh, there is racism still. Um, like if the, all the immigrants came to Germany mm -hmm. and- our, a good example. Yeah, and our president, uh, this Merkel, she opened the doors to everybody, mm -hmm. thought we cannot let them outside. And then that cost her obviously her popularity mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people. What would you have done if you were her? I would have done the same. Yeah, me too. Definitely. I mean, it's, these are Definitely. lives. Yeah, yeah, it's lives and people. Yeah, we'll figure it out later. Just I mean, get them yeah, here, get them I safe. mean, yeah. So I mean, there are that thing. Um, the other thing, what I'm proud of in Germany, post-war and now, that um, people acknowledge the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And in my hometown, as you maybe have seen, they Freiburg. Have, yeah, Freiburg. Yeah. yeah, they have all these um, copper stones, like they have the uh, cobblestone streets. Mm -hmm. And in front of every house where a Jewish person lived and has been deported, basically in the gas chambers, they have that sign with his name and the year they were deported. So people buy those stones in, and they put them in front of the homes where those people live. So you walk through the town and you're constantly reminded by those, um, this, you know, and they have a lot of, um, let me ask, let me jump in and ask you a yeah. question because you used a word that to me raises a bit of a flag and maybe this is just the word that was used at that time, mm -hmm. deported. Oh yeah, well they, they deported them, they didn't tell us at the beginning, so it's still a word, yeah, they were deported to the gas chambers or the concentration camps. But deported is, isn't accurate at all. That's not accurate, no, but right. they told those people, they're, they told the Jewish people, you, you know. Yeah, because deport is saying we're going to take you to a port and we're going to we're going to move you on somewhere. Well, that's what they did. They deport them from their house and moved them into the concentration camps, into the gas chambers. I see. So Luke, okay. So that that's what the term they use. Uh huh. Okay, I had to ask. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's correct. But they used the word deported. How is how does Germany look at the past now? Do they? I mean, that's one example of how they acknowledge their history. Do you still find that are there still Nazis in Germany, or does everybody is everybody like you? Oh, well, they are, uh, I mean, uh, I think the government does everything they can, I, I, I feel. Uh, you always have, um, well, the older people, what I would call the older generation, they don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. 
the younger people are more ed definitely aware and educated and doing things and they have memorials they have exhibitions so mm -hmm. people are aware mm -hmm. but uh, obviously in uh, especially in former Eastern Germany, they have a lot of skinheads and the young people like here. Mm -hmm. the same you have starting the same thing. I see the same trend and that what makes me um, void. And what's interesting about that trend is that, again, it's not reduced to Germany. It's not reduced to the United States. It's just, it's just part of human nature. It's just part of human behavior. I think, no, I would not say that all human nature is like this. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I really hope it would never be like this. I don't believe it is mm -hmm. but the big part is and the danger is if you get a demagogue um, into the government like in our times yeah. uh, people follow and then they're um, then they're um, uh, what I want to say they have um, th they're using the language which is derogatory mm -hmm. they're using a language which is inflammable mm -hmm. they're using language of um, um, it's uh, hatred. Dehumanize people. Yeah. It's hatred. And people follow. Some people follow. Do you and want to, what is some of that language you're referring to? Like the N word? Or like the N, yeah, like the N word, uh -huh. like um, um, the Jewish in Germany, you know, they had all character tours about Jewish right. people. Right, big noses. All that, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and I mean, that was. On that and is, on and on. That is a typical propaganda. And you yeah. can go in a museum now and you see all the newspapers. Mm -hmm. So um, that part is, it's really, um, this part is scary to me. Are you hopeful as you, cause, because I feel like I would, have, I would guess that what, what you have seen in your life, there was probably a window of time where things calmed down and now here we are. Did, are you hopeful for the future, A, and B, did you expect what we've been seeing in the past couple of years in our, in our nation? Did you expect any of this? Would you ne ever think you'd see this? Never. Yeah. Never. I know my, um, I, I remember when uh, my, uh, you know, as you know, I remarried later on mm -hmm. and um, we talked a lot uh, because my husband, my late husband, um, he came from Czechoslovakia and he grew up with a communism and coming here, he was really, really conservative as because of coming from communism mm -hmm. you would think it i would think it'd be total opposite <laughs> me too and so we had we had our you know differences uh -huh. but not not i would not say um um conservative to the extreme part he was right. just conservative uh -huh. but he always said oh nothing can happen to america you know we have a good defense and i said don't be so sure it can happen and sure enough um september 11 happened uh. I remember we talked and he said, don't worry about it. Nothing going to happen here. We have the democracy and it's never going to happen. Yeah. And there it was. And sure enough, it did. Yeah. And now it's, you see what's going. And to me, it is almost like following the footprints of, uh, you know, the Third Reich. I mean, I, I don't, you don't want, want to say it, but you I don't to. want to say it. But and I don't, I, I, it's not yet there, but I do think, I mean, it's not there, but we, you know, we, we've the, the foundation is being laid. Yeah. And if people are not careful, it does can happen. It happened in Germany. I would say it's a cultural country. It happened. It has nothing to do with education, being intelligent or what it's happened. It's it's not. It's I, I don't know. It happens mm -hmm. if you're brainwashed by language and everything and you don't you don't really be careful how you speak and what you say. And mm -hmm. 
if you don't listen, if you don't read, if you don't uh, form your own opinion, it is, you know, then, then you have first prejudice, then you have stereotyping that you judge people not even knowing them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, later on after that, you, you it becomes bigotry where it became hateful, it becomes mean, spiritual, and arrogant. That's what, how it prejudice can develop into. Can you can you say that all again? Uh, in my opinion, you mm -hmm. first people are prejudiced, not knowing people, just because mm -hmm. they're different. And then, if they know people, then they're stereotyping people. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, they do this, they do that, we do this. And then after that, if it's bigotry, that's a group of people then who they're arrogant. It becomes dangerous yeah. because they're arrogant they are aggressive and they're demeaning and that's bigotry they mm -hmm. don't even they know who those people are and they're on top of it even knowing who they are and what they are they are just generalized yeah i asked you to repeat that <clears throat> because trying to understand prejudice and racism and how all of that stuff correlates and lines up is is all it's almost unfathomable like you how does it all work and i think that you worded that very well there it does it's a it's a progression yes right but i like what you said in the beginning which is if you read and listen and form your own opinion that is the biggest um string uh as far as the conversations i have with people and i am looking for people yes. that are um open-minded but it's true listen read and form your own opinion it's yeah. not happening nowadays no, and be with and and be with other cultures i mean i yeah. think that's that helped me and it travels by happens by travel or in america it's easy to be with different cultures i mean you're a country of multicultural so why are you not using that opportunity to learn about other cultures mm -hmm. so what would be an example of how somebody could learn about another culture here in the united states well, I think um, the easy way, what, what I'm amazed how it can happen that we don't um, get along is if you look at sports, sports is always made up with most of the time with different cultures. Interesting. I never thought about this. Go on. Yeah. And sports, they're made up of different people. First, mm -hmm. they don't know each other because they need each other. Mm -hmm. They pick the best ones, doesn't matter what color they are, you know, or what race or whatever. So they're build, forming a team. Mm -hmm different cultures and then the team plays together they need each other then they start to respect each other mm. and then after a while then becomes a friendship and i think why can we not do the same like in the big in a large thing like. yeah yeah you have a, you have quite a, a, a way with words and explaining things well i'm sorry about you no no, no oh, in, a, in a positive oh, way yeah. what i'm saying is yeah. that the way you explain things it's uh layman's is the best way to put it it's you know it's hard to again to talk about these conversations they're hard conversations and we're all just getting our own perspective but what the way you explain it is so smart that is a brilliant way to expose yourself to different cultures yeah get it get involved in a in a sport yeah follow that team it's made up of different cultures. Yeah, the fans will be made up of yeah, different exactly, cultures. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, but I mean, it's that doesn't have, that hasn't limited to uh, you know doesn't have to be limited to sports. It can be schools, uh -huh. can be churches, can be other organizations. I thought you were going to say like go to an Indian restaurant and order food because <laughs> yeah. which is one which way, which is one way, yeah, but a very small. Yeah, yeah, way. but it's still food is always a thing to bring people together, uh -huh. as we said at the yeah. beginning, and learn other cultures. Yeah, and other cultures, and I think it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. I don't understand why why people don't want to open up their soul and enrich themselves yeah. you know it's just
I've got some people that are close to me, and I had a conversation with one of these people, and uh, I mentioned Indian food, and my, this person said, oh, no, it's too exotic. <laughs> what is too exotic? I was like, what? <laughs> live. You're miss Like, what? Yeah. I mean, You're limiting yourself. Yeah. Why is. do you think that way? Why don't you want to uh, experience and try more? Why don't you want to try everything? Yeah. A lot of people don't. Yeah, I know, and that's, that's a sad part. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a bit about, you know, you were growing up in the 50s and 60s in, in Europe and coming here, looking at kind of the comparison, do you, are you hopeful for the future? I ask all of my guests mm -hmm. this. And as far as, say, five, ten years out, do you think things are going to get better? Or are they going to get worse for us here in the States or what? Hmm. That's a tough question to ask. It's very tough. I'm an optimist and um, I want to believe it's getting better. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, especially America where you have a multi multicultural I mean I just don't understand why it took so long why we still have the racism against black people who were there since 1500 or 1600 yeah. mm -hmm. I mean why what took so long I mean we are people we have the same DNA about 99.2 percent the same DNA mm -hmm. um, I, I don't get it I really don't get it why I mean it should be nice if someone looks different would be boring if everybody has blue eyes and blonde hair and <laughs> same. Well, you just just, just mean, go to Sweden. Come on, what, just go to have, Copenhagen. No, they have brown. They have people with brown hair too. <laughs> 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 and you still have thin and big and short and tall people. So a lot, okay. yeah, a lot of tall people there. A lot of tall people. Yeah. Um, so yeah. then, with that being said, what? What things that you did you do that you were mindful of when you were raising your kids here in the United States to make sure that they weren't prejudiced? Did you just let society do it and school do it, or were you hands on? No, I think then I, I we talked about it with my kids early on. Wow. I mean, I always brought up the Holocaust, and also since you know their father is part Jewish or mm -hmm. Jewish, mm -hmm. and so they're exposed to it. Mm -hmm. um, my um, late husband also is part Jewish mm -hmm. and um, so I don't think that part would come up with Jewish people and mm -hmm. as far as interracial thing they always have we always had an open door doesn't matter if mm -hmm. you're from um, Mexico or black or mm -hmm. whatever I mean it's, it's just not an issue mm -hmm. and you know Andre there are his friends and stuff I mean yeah of yeah, all walks yeah, of life all walks of life and I really I mean you know their father was the same yeah, I mean we always did, and uh, for my late husband the same. There are interracial marriages as well, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. from his kids, and so I mean, yeah, it's hard for me to understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, we talked about something which I thought was a bit fascinating when you first moved here to the to the United States. I asked you about uh, racism and how it affected you, um, and you f told me something really. Interesting that what you found was that German people were the ones that wanted to come up and have interesting conversations with you. And not the German people. Uh, when I came here and at the beginning and we went to a party or something and people obviously realized by my accent that I'm German, they came to me, American people. American people. Came to me and all they wanted to talk is about Hitler and assuming that I would be, you A know, wealth of knowledge. A wealth of, no, not also agreeing to him. They wanted uh. to flatter me about Hitler, you know, it's like, I wasn't that bad if it wouldn't have been for that. And associating me with it, that's what I did not like, just because, wow. <laughs> because I was German, uh, that really I didn't. How, I mean, would, how did you react to that? 
Well, I just said, you know, uh, I'm sorry, but I, I don't support uh, what you are saying. And my opinion is just the opposite. So it's I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. I, I'm having trouble even trying to envision somebody coming no, up having I mean, and then you. being, you know, I felt like I was, after that, I was kind of snobbed or be considered arrogant, which mm -hmm. I'm not. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, everybody has their own opinions. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, did you have any issues with the kids growing up where they had, where they were treated differently? Sabine, <laughs> my daughter, when she went in Switzerland to school. Mm -hmm. She was six years old and uh, she came from America because she was American. Yeah, they are, the kids really uh, waited till school was over and called her Ami and she doesn't have good- Oh, Ami, that's American? Yes. Ami. She doesn't have good, um, she good didn't memories. have good memories from Switzerland and uh, she had to go to school to learn, which is fine. I like that part, I learned Switzerdeutsch, I mean. Mm -hmm. So all that is positive, but the kids didn't like her mm -hmm. coming from America. What about Andre? Andre never, yeah. I never know Andre has any. Yeah. When he went to, I mean, both of my children went to Germany to my parents every year to keep up the language. And mm -hmm. My father signed up Andre in a soccer team there, mm -hmm. play with the German kids soccer, and they didn't have any problems. Mm -hmm. At Good. least I'm not, I don't think Andre I'm aware of. Okay. And Sabine not either here, so. Yeah, I ask because I think that for me, you know, I've obviously had my fair share of uh, people sh telling me how they feel about me or mm. ra racial instances, mm -hmm. racism. Yeah, but um, I've learned in conversation that a lot of my friends who are, who are white, but obviously like Andre's mixed. I mean, mm -hmm. He's got some Jewish in him. He's got mm -hmm. a few different things in him. And uh, I realize now that all walks of life sometimes at some point deal with some sort of prejudice. It's mm -hmm. not reduced to just brown people at some times. Yeah, I mean, it's more obvious, obviously, here. Yeah. And I think especially in America, and um, I think in America, which is, um, it's racism in, it's easy, in quotes, um, easy in America, because basically racism is, um, it's if, if a majority group in a country, um, they are, uh, they are the racial majority, mm -hmm. and they try to keep their power, mm -hmm. So they keep their power by limiting like access to uh, to other to other min to minorities. So mm -hmm. they're in the majority, and they're limiting. They try to keep the power going, mm -hmm. their own power. So which is what we were experiencing. Yeah. So they're limiting for the minorities, or especially here, obviously, to black people. Yeah. Education, uh, the same um, education, jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, then it's uh, business, citizenship, food, yeah. and home jurisdiction, home ownership, mm -hmm. uh, redlining. Gerrymandering, yeah, redlining. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just so they do this, so they don't want to lose the power. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we have now. And I think that's what I support. And I hope that it will be addressed and working out. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, this is, this is not, this is just not right. Yeah, it's not right. I never thought I would uh, be living in times like this. I always no. just, I was under the impression that things would just get better. Um, and speaking with some people, I think that a lot of this is um, Barack Obama backlash, but that's, I think that's- Really think so? I do. I think that a lot of people are now okay. feel justified to have a voice oh, in racism. Maybe we have the upper hand again. Yeah, yeah that's how they feel, you know? Um, but I, I'm optimistic. I stay in a space of optimism yeah, that yeah. things are going to change. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we're almost, I feel like we've hit the lowest point. 
I mean, it cannot get lower. Unless I mean, it, if it gets slower, it becomes dangerous. No, you are right about that. Definitely. It does not. What do you think about COVID? Like, this is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And maybe everything happens at the right time, but it's unbelievable how it's treated politically by some people. Yeah. Uh, or president. not treated. Yeah. Not right? treated. Yeah. I mean, this is just... Ignoring it. Just off. That's just not right. All yeah. those people dying and mm -hmm. died and... Uh, going on like oh nothing happened oh it will be gone like mm -hmm. you know yeah like it's, it's just gonna just go away go and then well when people are telling I, them it's just gonna disappear yeah and, and me being a scientist i just really feel offended you know? talk about that you're a scientist tell it we haven't talked about oh you, it's you, okay no we're, <laughs> i'm <real> retired now <laughs> but professionally what did you spend some of your time doing I spent, uh, I actually um, did the same as I did with traveling. <laughs> I worked a lot of different places and mainly because I always had, um, what do you call it, sponsors or people who uh -huh. really believed in me uh -huh. and just me. So when I, in, in Germany, I worked in science in the Max Planck Institute. And then I came here and I had a hard time finding a job. Mm -hmm. But then I had a neighbor who was a professor at Caltech mm -hmm. and he, you know, I introduced myself and talked and then after a while he asked her, so what are you doing? And I said, I tried to find a job here. And he said, what did you do? And I told him and he, and he said, oh, you must be kidding. Um, so the next day, actually, I got a job at Caltech. <laughs> with a Talk one, about who you know. A one, well, but yeah, well, with a wonderful person, uh, professor I worked is Professor Lewis, who became the Nobel Prize later on in wow. medicine. It was a great experience, my first, my first job. Wow, how cool. Yeah, and then it's I, a dream I, job. I was, I mean, I could not believe being around all the scientists and hearing all the lectures and that's yeah. why i cannot believe that science is put down like this i, I can't even have that conversation i, can, I can't I well mean, you can't either because no. this is what you've been i mean that's what it is if oh. anything is a fact so that's my that's my background basically and then, it, but it's weird because that moment we just shared it's like all you can do is sigh it's talking about the dumbing down of people it's just like we are in such a weird spot science has always led facts tangible yeah, facts have always yeah. led and now we're at a point where most people question that it's absurd i mean you have science where you have different outlook but then people discuss them and that's mm -hmm. what you should do and then the you know to find a different way yeah. i mean it's not always but it's just wouldn't you wouldn't do it politically or anything. It's right, just right, not right. Right. You use the word radical. Um, and so uh, it's interesting because I don't necessarily associate you with radical, right? But in this conversation, I don't want to put too much focus on kind of the darkness of what's going on. But when you moved into Caltech and you started to launch in your own career, as far as you being a woman, did you find that maybe there was some prejudice there? Never. Yeah, so you were one of the lucky ones because a lot never. of women can't say that. Yeah, I know. And I agree with the women. But I personally, I just never. I always, my whole career from Caltech, uh, I got asked by a professor to help mm -hmm. a startup company. Do you think you're just lucky or you think that you had a nice, you have a different attitude that just... I don't know. I mean, I just, be I am just thankful. Yeah. I don't know. I was, you know, and then... I've known you for quite some time and you yeah. have a different air about you. You have a different energy about you. You're very, you're approachable, you're sweet, you're kind. And so I think that when people possess qualities like that, life can be easy. I shouldn't say easier. You're going to have better experience. Well, it was easy too, because I always, I always somehow... And I always loved what I was doing. I think mm -hmm. it's part of it. And you've always loved people. I always love people. You're a people. You're just like me. You love, love people. people. Yeah. Yeah. I love interesting people to to learn from. I'm, uh -huh. uh, you know, I I'm still like to learn from other people. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I think 
the opportunity to talk to people with different cultures. It's a learning thing. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I usually ask my guests this towards the end of the conversation. I might ask you again, but tell tell us some of the things um, that you have done and you continue to do to keep yourself happy. I mean, obviously, traveling is something that is very, very important to, yes. as far as feeding your brain and kind of staying knowledgeable. Tell us some more things that you've done and you continue to do to keep yourself in that space. So I'm saying I'm uh, like I said I'm 77. So I'm trying to stay. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, I guess I could have done the math. Okay, go on. So trying She's to looking good, huh? uh, staying uh, active. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to be connected to nature. I really love nature. I love people. Mm -hmm. I love obviously music, mm -hmm. <laughs> as you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what it is, what I would tell people to do is just talk to people and listen, listen listen don't think already why they're talking what you can answer mm -hmm. i mean just listen really and uh it's hard for people it's hard for people but i think that's a, the key and then if you at the end think about it and then ask questions if you need to and if you need to you feel that you have a different opinion why don't you discuss it mm -hmm. in a civilized manner mm -hmm. and uh okay you may have stay with different opinions but it's not a judgmental thing it's just right. you have different opinions and if you're wrong if you see wow i didn't realize that uh don't be too proud to change your opinion mm -hmm. and um i just think discussions and talking and being honest to yourself stay true to yourself and enjoy life i mean just more important joy love yeah we're seeing a lot of people that are very angry and i'm like be happy it doesn't dude. help it doesn't it just waste energy my god it hurts yourself you hurt who wants to be with an angry person yeah you hurt you physically it, yes, hurts mentally me physically. yeah yeah just get over it i mean you be angry about certain things mm -hmm. like to say the the racial thing right now situation that is yeah. that you cannot just say oh get over it no, yeah that's yeah. bad everyday life i mean it's just just try to be you know, mm -hmm. happy and be realistic and be content. It's money is not everything, <laughs> but it is certainly as to a certain amount is what you need. Yeah, but you're right. I think you and I, I've lived. I feel like I've lived two lives, and money is definitely not everything. No. Um, I like that you're c continuing to put emphasis on dialogue. I had a conversation with a friend of mine uh, last week a white guy and he kept mentioning things and I said hey I called him out I said your, your prejudice is showing and he got a little upset but he said explain to me how mm -hmm. and in two conversations he actually thanked me for being able to explain to him what I was hearing how it was viewed and I th so again it's like there's I've never seen so much talk yeah happening like it's happening now yeah and I think it's good that's mm -hmm. a hope that I have that are you having these conversations with people of course uh -huh. of course I mean my friends I have another friend here on Germany. Unfortunately, I'm not going to the senior center anymore because it, everything is closed. Oh, yeah, yeah, COVID. Uh, you know, and i uh, not going out, but was in friends, yeah. Those men must love you at the senior center. I did never see it like this because you sweat and you do your stuff and you don't look around. You don't go in all hot like you that. You don't look around. Like, who's that young thing? <laughs> young thing, yeah, of course. Thank you. You're sweet. <laughs> You're so sweet. You're always so sweet. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, the inception of this podcast, it was really about just having conversation. And as I continue to lay these out, this you're right this is what is going yeah. to solve the problems yeah. is talking understanding putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and really exactly. listening i think that's there's an indian saying 
don't judge someone until you walk in his moccasins or something. Uh-huh. I, love I it. think so. That was the first thing I learned when I came to America. That, that sentence. Why is that? And people, that's hard for people to even understand. Yeah. But if you if you did that, I mean, if you did this, then you you feel either the you know the shoe is too tight or mm-hmm. you make. Him, basically, it's symbolism. You just until you lived his life, don't yeah. judge people. Yeah. I wish that um people could use adages like that and apply them because all the information's there for you. You know, yeah. people are just lazy. I think people are lazy. They are. You prepared some stuff. Um, and I want you to talk a bit. Of, this is, I usually give guests a moment to talk a bit about some things that are important to them, something that they might want viewers or listeners to hear. So th- now's that time. Is there something that you really want to talk about? Well, I think I wanted to repeat again, uh, search for um, communication, mm-hmm. interact with different cultures to get to know and enjoy it mm-hmm. and celebrate it. And then the main thing to me is listening what other people have to say. Mm-hmm. Listen to it. Listen. Don't just rehearse an answer. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is obviously stay aware. I mean, awareness is the most important thing. How do you stay aware in this confusing news world? Well, that's what I mean. You probably. I, I mean, I'm reading, uh, <laughs> going reading the German news. Ah, I was telling a friend, BBC, stuff like that tends yeah, to be a little I more. I have two. I have one more uh, liberal channel and one more conservative, and I read both of them. Interesting. And I would talk to my sisters and family over there. Um, so you really are getting both sides of the perspective. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I just read again that, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> because of frosty relationship between Merkel and Trump, they are withdrawing the largest American... Um, what do you call it? Um, Is this trade? No, American stas- uh, soldiers who are stationed. Oh, gotcha. They're moving them to Poland, I guess. So I don't know. So I mean, stuff like this. So I hear both sides. <laughs> Not not only, you know, positive, negatives, whatever, mm-hmm. every country is positive and negative stuff. So. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, here, why don't you search people and talk to them? Mm-hmm. It's the best thing you have talking and I, I cannot see any better way. Yeah, and here it. in America, in multicultural country, you have all the chances. So for somebody who, say, it was raised in the South um, and had never traveled, what, what would be a couple of places that you think they should see? Um, internationally then oh internationally I what mean, would be a place first, that would really first travel your own country I think a lot of Americans like England because of the language uh-huh but uh, I, would... I don't know if the benefits there right the cultural oh, cultural benefits and okay. also people are different mm-hmm. yeah they're different mm-hmm. so politics are different or they change like but it's not that extreme right now so mm-hmm. uh, I mean I, I like the East Bloc the former um, like um, if I go back to former East Germany, mm-hmm. it's still completely, it's still different. Mm-hmm. Even now, uh, the big cities, obviously, no more. But I would say, um, obviously, I like Germany, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would say definitely France and mm-hmm. Italy, Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then uh, the big uh, country right now is, um, it's not Croatia, Croatia is interesting. Yeah, yeah. But Slovenia is like little, little Switzerland. Mm-hmm. I love Switzerland because I worked in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. It's my next door country yeah yeah um yeah i mean bucket list is norway still to go and mm-hmm. russia? i was lucky <laughs> russia we talked about yeah <laughs> i was lucky enough to travel with your son to the middle east and i found that that was um for me that was the most powerful oh you did go oh, that's right yeah 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 we did we did like jordan and yeah, like yeah, israel yeah, yeah, yeah. um but that for me the takeaway was all within that because that's where i saw what freedom didn't look like mm-hmm. um that's when i saw um 
a complete upside down culture from what I know. You know, men walking yes. around holding hands yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, as right. heterosexuals. Oh, yeah, yeah, women yeah, weren't like... allowed to speak or show skin. Really weird culture, yeah, know. you know? know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, I like that we can talk about this a little bit because the importance of traveling or at least opening up to it yes. is insurmountable. The benefits are just endless. Oh, yeah. Because in when in Germany, women, when, when I go up, we hold hands when we walk. So mm-hmm. You see women. When I first come to America and we're holding hands or... Thing. They were saying, "Don't you don't do this, right?" Or you, you know, you can't sexualize here. Yeah, it's like, the same like little kids in Germany. They just have a little, you know. Here, the, the little girls already have a bra on. <laughs> oh right. Stuff. It's much more. I mean, it's a cultural difference. It's yeah. not a judgmental thing for me to yeah. say this, but it it's different. Mm-hmm. I guess in that regard, all of the United States is, is fairly conservative when you compare it to. When I first came here, yes, I found it more conservative. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I mean, they're doing the same thing, but not as open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I mean, you you have people, you have you have people in America, such a mixture. I mean, I had mm-hmm. like, I really, and then uh, unfortunately or fortunately, you tend to go to people who, you know, you feel same. Right. Same, what do you call it? Similarity. Similarities and the same closeness. Uh-huh. I mean, right away, you, you, right away, I feel right away I can tell, I mean, for me, mm-hmm. who I'm drawn to and mm-hmm. who I'm drawn to and who yeah. not. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. Yeah. But you're drawn to all t- different types of people. Of course, Young, that's old, what I black, like. Yeah. yeah, I don't feel like because I'm this age, I don't, I cannot talk to, I, I like to be around people. Yeah. And so was my mother. She was staying up till, you know, she... She, when she was over 90, she stayed up with us, have a glass of champagne, and she was sitting around the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, yeah. I hope you have a lot I, of respect for your mother. Yeah, I hope I can be like her. She yeah. was the most beautiful person and non-judgmental, welcoming everybody. She was beautiful. That sounds like you. You just described yeah, you. Right. She was, I mean, think about it. Both husbands were Jewish descendants. <laughs> yeah. My parents were just welcoming. It's like... How old were you when your mom passed? Oh, my mom was 95 when she passed, and I was, oh, wow. so I was in my 60s. Yeah, yeah, she had a long life. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Was she here in the States? No, she oh, was. Oh, yeah, she visited me. All but she, that's Omi. She was still in that's Germany. Omi, of Duh, course. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah. I know about this. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, funny yeah. when, you know, you hear things, and now yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, wait Omi. a minute. Omi was, like, always up <laughs> till uh-huh. the end, uh-huh. <laughs> mentally and alert till the end. So I love she it. So just enjoyed life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as we all should. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful that you made the time to have this conversation well, with me. Thank you. Thank you for hearing me. And sorry for my accent and maybe weird conversation, but it's like... There is nothing <laughs> weird sorry. about this conversation. <laughs> it's an organic conversation, and I want people to hear your voice, your oh, perspective, your sweet. story. Thank you. And there was a lot of hope um, and a lot of optimism uh, within your story. And I'm leaving. I'm going to leave here feeling really good because this is what we need right now. Yes, I think so. As shitty as things are, pardon my French, we need to hear... Um, again, just yeah. notes and stories of positivity. And life goes on, and it's up to you what you make out of it. Yeah, right? Yep. So get off your butt and make it. Make yeah, it something. and all together we can change things. So All together we can change, mm-hmm. things, change things. I love it. All right. Okay. Again, a big thank you to okay, you. Okay, thank you. And always a big thank you to you, uh, Gudrun. We're here in Pasadena, and uh, it's a sore, sad goodbye. It's mm-hmm. got to happen, but boy, this was a great uh, hour. So again, thanks to you. Love on yourselves and each other, and we will see you soon. 